son had a gift with technology. With reliable internet at home through the Internet Essentials Program, the world opened up. He's part of this next generation of young people who feel they can thrive. Through Project Up, Comcast is committing $1 billion to help open doors for the next generation with the connectivity and skills they need to build a future of unlimited possibilities. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. You ever have that person that you love, 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 but you hate them at the same time because they're a train wreck. They hurt you. They hurt other people around you. They create wreckage wherever they go, but you love them, but you hate them. We have that person in Margaret. Stay tuned to find out more. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Guys, welcome back to the Harlots After Show on AfterBuzz TV. So excited, another week. At least there wasn't a death this week (laughs) that we know of. That we know of. Guys, I'm Linda Antwi, and to my left, the amazing, the talented, the funny, (laughs) British-speaking Kitty Kaboom. I'm always excited about Wednesdays for that very reason. That (laughs) intro is everything. What's up? Thank you. How are you? (laughs) I'm good. Guys, this, this this episode was... Team compared to oh, yeah. the last five episodes, I have to say. <laughs> no question. I was like, okay, who's? I sat down and I was like, okay, who's going to die this, this week? That's how I felt. I yeah. felt like we're just cutting out characters every single episode, but they didn't kill anyone yet. Yeah, not this time. Not this time. Uh, so we have this opening scene where we have Mrs. Alican uh, with the silk guy, mm-hmm. and she's insisting that she's going to be getting married, mm-hmm. and uh, he is like ready for it in the beginning. Yeah. What did you think of that whole thing? I thought that it was really sad to see, but also kind of confusing, because how do you take on a woman of her stature mm-hmm. and not know all that comes with it? You know what she does for a living. You know she just bought this house. You know she asked you for all your silk. Like, what? I don't understand how after the wedding you're like, what? This is, how dare you? I'm outraged and I will have you no more. Take all of her things. I just thought it was a bit like, really, bro? Really? I would have liked to see, like, from the beginning, I would have liked to see a little bit more about his character because they alluded to him being poor, being broken, having oh, debtors last week. That's right. So I think that he thought if he married her and she had money that she could help him. And he was shocked that 
they're both broke. Mm. So now he needs to like steal, pillage, and rum rummage through her stuff because he needs money, and he thought he was going to get it from her. So I would have loved to Sheesh. see more of that backstory a little bit. I thought they, uh, and we'll get into their wedding a little bit later, mm-hmm. as well as some juicy news and gossip. <laughs> yes, the highlight of the week, and guys, of course, I'm going to give you a little highlight history because that's what we do here. Mm-hmm. And our quote of the week. Oh yeah, the quote of the week. Got to do that. I always have more than one. Can't help myself. Because it's such good writing. It is. It really is. Really, really. Uh, let's talk about Nancy and Isabella. So Nancy wakes up. She's feeling guilty. She's yeah. feeling sad. And Isabella comes in and is basically like, oh, you, you know, you're not a servant. Like, we have people to do that. You don't need to tidy up. Right. Um, and then tells Lydia about her problems, like about the brother and about this Anne girl going missing and Mm -hmm. her thinking that he's harmed her because she knows how her brother is. Right. What did you think of all of that? Um, I like the interaction between the two of them. I don't see them in any other circle together. So fate bringing them together is kind of cool. We're learning so much about Isabella. She really is a kind-hearted, obviously, individual. She has a huge heart. She's very generous. She's very giving. And she seems to be very forgiving of other people and not judgmental at all, which is really weird in this hierarchy that exists in this, not only this town, but in this time period. Mm -hmm. It's very clear about the haves and the have-nots. And so I love the fact that she's a have, and she's always extending her hand to someone that does not have as much as she does without any prejudice. I thought that was so dope. Then Nancy would wake up in her house and she would come over and be like, girl, don't worry about that. Sit down. Like, you can come with me. You can stay here as long as you like. Are you hungry? Mm-hmm. I just thought that that was really gracious of her. And she has no motivation other than just being a decent human being. Well, I also think the theme, too, of the show is women and empowerment and Amen. empowering each other. Mm-hmm. So although I, I do think that there are definitely classism, I think that Isabella has learned from these women who are the women of the street. Right. And Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. We got another day of NBA action. And with FanDuel, every night is a watch party. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. So, what's the move tonight, gang? You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Woohoo! We're heating up, fam. Bet all the stars with all your friends and make every moment more only on FanDuel. New customers bet $5, get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every moment more with FanDuel. It goes down in the deal. It goes down. Go down in the deal. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
they've been there for her more than anybody else. So exactly. she wants to return the favor. I think that that's great. I do think I felt a little spark between Nancy and Isabella, though. So I saw that, too. I was like, mm, something's going on. Yes. I would love for Nancy to have somebody because, as we saw in this episode, she really did love Margaret. And I feel like, and I'll get to it, Margaret, but I feel like <laughs> Margaret teased her. Yeah. You know, like, just kiss me and say goodbye. You know, the B word, please stop it. <laughs> stop messing with this girl's emotions. And yes, she's been with you from day one and it's been your rock. Your rider. But what have, what have you been for her? What have you done for her lately? Amen. Besides, like, you're telling everyone that you're going to take the rap for. Which is such Isaac's a big death. sacrifice? I don't think so. You're leaving. So is that really, like, that big of a deal? Not just that. I think that. Well, we know that the truth is going to come out mm-hmm. at some point. So you saying you killed someone that you didn't kill, big deal. Whoop de woo. Exactly. Um, I did like that spark, though. That intrigued me as well. And for her to be able to get, like, maybe they can find solace in each other. She lost Charlotte. She lost Margaret. Kind of unsaid. And then maybe they'll be able to find, like, you know, some happiness in, oh, the, in sure. between. That would be dope. Oh, for sure. That would be dope. Uh, let's talk about Hal and Emily and mm-hmm. how. Uh, <laughs> They woke up and mm. how all of a sudden is completely in love mm-hmm. with Emily and says that they're going to build an empire of taverns for the pincher girls. <laughs> I was like, so are we talking like you're trying to have some babies with Emily or your pincher girls as in your other harlots? I'm thinking the pincher girls as in the other harlots. That would just be my assumption. I could be wrong. I mean, I don't. The two of them, they're an interesting little pair, aren't they? I. First of all, I I can't not love Emily. Like, as much as she irritates the mess out of me, she won't go away. And she's not like a cockroach. She's not like a bad keep showing up, necessarily. I guess it depends on the scenario in which she, whether or not she's a good witch or a bad witch. But I do like the fact that her tenacity never lets her be at the bottom of the barrel. Every time she finds herself... I mean, when you think about the fact that... Lydia had her tied up, gagged, ready to be shipped off, beat her, and Samoa, the guy saves her, her, the son saves her, and she literally punches him in the face. Like, you gotta love it, because she's never humble, or the humility level never reaches her to the point where she's like, please, please, have mercy on me. She's more like, whatever, I'll do it. If you won't do it for me, I'll do it myself. Gotta love that kind of tenacity. I mean, she's very steadfast. She never, is that. She doesn't give up, which I think is great. Yeah, me too. Um, but I thought it was interesting in the in the scene how he is looking at the future as an Emily and Hal together. You know, he put her her name on the deed of the tavern, and he talks about how uh, they're right now they're living on cobblestones, mm. but they're going to be living on tile or marble. marble later. And so <laughs> he's thinking about the future for for the two of them. Yeah. And I was just like, this is really interesting to me because I feel like something turned. And one of the lines that she says, which is, you know, one of the lines that I love, but she says, I want to live, then ever be forgotten. And I thought, you know what? That's telling of her character. Mm -hmm. Who she is as a human being. Uh, Yeah, exactly. I agree. And then when he turns and calls for Isaac. Yeah. I was like, oh. (laughs) It's about to go down. Oh. (laughs) I'm looking at Emily's face like, 
Don't crack. Exactly. Could you just not crack? Could you please? Because you have a blabber mouth and you have like guilt on your face all the time when you do wrong. Like when you lied to Margaret. Right. And all the women and, and said you didn't know and you, you alibied out, which mm-hmm. was a lie. And they knew. Everyone knows Everyone you're lying. Everyone knows. You can see it all over your face. Yeah. What does your husband or Bo say to you? Because he doesn't know you as well as the, the other members, obviously. Which you're that lucky. Society. Exactly. Because he looks like, you're skittish as a, as a spider. That's the first thing he said. And I was just like, if you only knew. Like, she can't keep it together to save her life. So it's a good thing that it finally came out. Because yeah. she wouldn't have been able to help. I mean, and it's still, she's always skittish. But I don't believe him. Do you think that he really... I mean, I know her name is on the lease and all that. Or paperwork. But if her... If her look, if I like his, how you called it a lease. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever it's called. The deed. The deed. Thank you. I appreciate that. I love it, though. <laughs> I'm leasing this tavern That's out right. right now. That's right. If his brother were not gone, would he really be this? I mean, I just don't know if he's sincere, I guess is my question. Well, he said he did it. We learned that last episode that he did it last episode. Not, And he said, just me and you. Yeah. No Isaac. I know. So he thought his brother was still alive at that moment. I so. know, but it's just something about the way he speaks to her. It's always in these hushed, lovey-dovey tones. It just feels like he's like baiting her for some type of manipulation. I just don't believe him. Hmm. I don't trust That's him. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. What do you think of Nancy's confession to Isabella that she killed Isaac? I thought that was telling as well. But that's what I'm saying. They're getting super tight super quickly. And at this point, Nancy obviously feels like Isabella is part of the fold. She's like, oh, you want us, girl. I'm going to go ahead and holler at you and tell you the truth. Because there's no point in lying to you. I think I like the fact that she felt comfortable enough to her to share that. I mean. I don't know if it was comfort. I think it was more she couldn't hold it in anymore. Mm, that too. And she was feeling such guilt and pain. And she had never killed anyone before, and she was like, "Right, I just I have to let it out." Yeah, but she could have let it out to somebody else. She could have told she had to who she she had a little meeting with Fanny not too long after yeah, that. She's never gonna tell Fanny why Fanny's gonna know. Yeah, no, she's never gonna tell Fanny like that. I think she has Margaret, who she confides in, and mm-hmm. Charlotte, who she confides in, and mm-hmm. both of those women are gone. Yeah, and I think that Isabella is gonna be the person that replaces to take that the- place. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but what I thought was interesting is how Isabella was like, well, you know, I think you're brave. You avenge Charlotte's killer and murder. And I, could, I couldn't I could do it. And she talks about how she was always wanting to kill her brother. Right. But she was a coward. And how Nancy thinks killing is a cowardly act. I mm. thought that was a... It was an interesting dynamic because you have the woman from the street saying killing is wrong, and then you say you have the woman from you know the upper echelon saying, "Oh no, you're you're a hero, <laughs> exactly, basically for killing." So <laughs> right. two different dynamics, and you wouldn't think that obviously they would go hand in hand with those people, but mm-hmm. that just goes to show you what life brings, right? Like she's of the mindset, having never killed anyone and probably never been in the company of killers, right. it's easy to say, oh my gosh, I would have killed my brother years ago if I had the nerve. The thing is, though, she has been tortured by her brother. True. So she, she, I get what she's saying. Like, she just doesn't have an inner, but she's been through some things. She's been through some things, but those are like emotional and psychological and maybe even physical abuse, and I get that. I'm not minimizing it by any stretch. It was but, all of those things. Yeah, yeah. But he physically that, kept her down right. and abused her. But compared to death, to killings, I just don't know that she would even, like she said, she hasn't been able to muster the, he holds you down, he does horrible things to you, but he holds your purse strings. That's 
part of the reason you ain't took his life, I would think, because then it wouldn't just normally. Well, I don't know, but you know, he he doesn't give her the money that she rightfully, as she said, deserves. So I'm sure that that could be motivation alone. But she's never pulled the trigger. She's never done anything to harm him in such a way that he would not come back. So there's a lot of like angst in that. I just don't know that abuse and and killing someone of this I don't think that I don't think that that's what I'm saying at all. Uh, I think that what I'm saying is that anyone can be pushed to the limit mm. and some people get pushed to the limit and some people don't have it in them. And whatever the trauma is, whatever you're doing whether you're from the streets or you're not from the streets, I think in this situation specifically, she doesn't ha- she doesn't have it in her as a person. Gotcha. She's been down, she's been broken, she's been beaten, but it's not in her in a pers- as a person, but what we see is it's in Nancy. She didn't think Nancy didn't think even in herself that it was in her, but she did it. She did. So now she's coming to the realization that that she can kill. Mm-hmm. That that's my point. Gotcha. Let's talk about Lucy and Margaret. So we see them having like some mommy daughter time. We also see, you know, Margaret's kind of going through and saying her goodbyes to to her loved ones. Um, and then she tells she basically tells Lucy, she asks at first saying, "Hey, come to America with me." And Lucy declines nicely. Mm-hmm. And then she goes around and basically says, you're coming to America. Tells everyone that, oh yeah, Lucy's coming. Goes to try to sell the Golden Square from underneath her, <laughs> right. which we'll get to. And then tells uh, Jonesy that, oh yeah, Lucy's coming with us. Jonas. Jonas. Yeah, got you. Um, and lo and behold, she's like trying to take charge. I was like, once again. She just said that she did not want to come with you. <laughs> what what part, part did you miss exactly? Did you not understand? Exactly. <laughs> I, I just don't, she's a grown woman. She said no, she said no. Right. Figure it out. Yeah. That's not her style. You know, Mary takes, I mean, um, Margaret doesn't take no for an answer. Well, yeah. And in this episode specifically, I saw how she was wreaking havoc. And we'll get to what William said because I I believe it. Mm-hmm. I believe it. And I, yeah, I believe that she is used to controlling everything and everyone, how, by any means necessary. Mm-hmm. No question. Let's talk about Fanny getting caught having sex with her daughter, <laughs> having sex by her daughter. So she was having sex with the John right. and her daughter, and her daughter saw her. In. She got caught. I thought that was hilarious. I thought it was adorable. Reason. The fact that she did like a little nursery rhyme to get her to smile. Yeah, like, and smile. like smothered the dude. I was like, <laughs> oh, this is funny. Yeah, it was a cute scene. Yeah. You need scenes like that in this in this show because things can get pretty heavy pretty quickly. Yeah. And I like how Fanny's kind of coming to the forefront again a little bit here. I noticed that as well. I was like, oh, this is nice having a scene with Fanny to hear some backstory or some thoughts that she might have. She's an integral part of the story as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. And then so we see Nancy kind of walking the streets and she runs into Cherry, which I absolutely love. She's a Cherry character. She's crazy. Uh, and Nancy's kind of doing some sleuthing for Isabella. Mm-hmm. Right? She's trying to find out where Anne is and ask Cherry. And Cherry's like, yeah, she's a Quigley girl, just like me now. Right. Right. So we know that she's not harmed. We know that she's back at it. And, you know, Lydia's in the mix of things. 
Lydia's always in the mix. Of what do things. you think of that? I liked it a lot. I love Cherry too, and I love seeing how happy she is that she's like a top tier harlot now, right? In like her she, mind, in her, I mean, well, she's a quickly darling. That's comes in, in with her that mind. name. Not there's anymore. some stature that comes with that. Okay. Maybe not as much as there used to be, but the fact that she's even able to get Kate off to a prince says. Oh, I she mean, got listen, some she's not selling flowers and condoms, condoms. so. So there you go. I just love the very first scene where she was literally looking in the mirror like, look at me. Yeah. My boobies up. Yeah. My hair's done. I'm cute. I just love that about yeah. her. So yeah, I thought that interaction and I just look forward to her aspiring to something greater. You know, Cherry kind of just takes the punches as they come. I don't know if that's because she was born a little person and she knows that that's what her fate, how her fate lies or what. It's an acceptance. But I'd like for her to aspire to be something greater than just like making it work. She's just getting by. Yeah, but I'm not sure where her, char- her character is interesting way. I haven't quite figured it out because Lydia literally asked her that exactly. in this episode. <laughs> And she decides that, you know, her goal, her immediate goal is to pee on her John. And after that, to be loved. To be loved. True. Truly loved. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, okay. <laughs> That's what Lydia, I, I mean, I said the same thing. Lydia's like, oh. Right? <laughs> Didn't you love the look on her so face? So, oh. we're going to probably have to just work with you and figure right. it out. Because like, you have no goals. Oh, you're aspiring not to have to piss on men's shoes, really. Anything else? No, <laughs> yeah. she wanted to. She wants to yeah. piss? Yeah, not... She did not not want to. Oh, I misunderstood that yeah. completely. Funny. Why do you need to piss on men's shoes? Oh, I think it's hilarious. <laughs> Is that in retaliation? I mean... Or it's, like a sexual it's a, fetish? It's a fetish. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Got it, got it, got it. Hilarious. I love uh, Jerry. Yeah, I think she's, she's very interesting. Uh, and then we see Elizabeth and Margaret and Jonesy go. So Margaret goes to visit her and basically says, hey, buy out Lucy. Yeah. And that whole scene was interesting because we saw Elizabeth for the first time without her wig on. Mm-hmm. So the innuendo, meaning like she just barely woke up or right. about to have breakfast, join us, she said. And then pops out William and Margaret clearly got jealous. Meanwhile, her other husband's here, husband one and two. Right. And she wasn't having it. She couldn't even keep it in for five seconds. But when can she ever... Oh, Margaret just rattles my brain. I thought that his the demeanor that he exhibited, despite the fact it was early morning and he obviously is there having breakfast, he literally walked through that door like, hey, what's up? Popping food That's in his I mouth. Felt. Yeah, he didn't walk in like, oh, I've been caught. Or, or what am I going to say to make this an okay situation? Oh, my gosh. Like, this is bad. There was no hint of any of that. I don't think he's acting in proprietarily. That's not a word. I don't think he's acting improperly or doing anything that would bring shame. That's not even his character. Yeah, that's not even his style. The black girl, remember, she was all over him and he didn't do anything. So come on. It's not his character. Harry, that's her name. It's not his character and he, Margaret should know that he's not like that. So she was putting her own sense of guilt and sadness on him because she's leaving and I just thought she was like, she took it too far. You took it too far with William and you're taking it too far with Lucy trying to sell her property from beneath her. Like, that's ridiculous. But I did like Elizabeth's answer where she's like, well, I need to hear it from Lucy herself. That's right. 
And I like that she stuck her guns with a smile on her face. Mm-hmm. We don't have to be enemies. Nice to meet you, dead mother. Right. But at the end of the day, I didn't do dealings with you. I did dealings with your daughter. So it's really behooves her to come to me. So yeah. How about mind your business? I mean, she's grown, so <laughs> exactly. figure it out. I'm also, I don't even know who you are. Uh, so then Margaret blows up at William. Yeah. And then Jonesy's uh, feelings are hurt. You love calling him Jonesy's. <laughs> Jonas. Yes, ma'am. Um, yeah, understandably, though, right? His feelings are hurt. He's like, did you even love me? Or was I a means to get back here so that you can get back to... William. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, are you even capable of love? I was like, aww. Is she, though? Is she, though? She questions Lydia and whether or not she has a heart and is capable of love, but I often wonder that about Margaret. Do you think she's capable of love? I think that she is capable of what feels like love. Do you know what I mean? I, I think she can be infatuated with something. I think that she can care about it a great deal. Mm-hmm. But I don't think that she knows really what that entails. Because, I mean, if you if we break it down Jada Pinkett Smith style from Red Talk Tables, there's no, that's not love. Allowing people to be who they are, meeting them where they are, and loving who they are, and already loving yourself enough that you don't feel like they complete you and all that craziness is paramount. And mm-hmm. I don't see her aspiring to that kind of feeling. Yeah, I'm I'm on the fence right now. Yeah, because I saw a lot of destruction in this episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and which is what William said. William says you tells Margaret she hurts everyone, wreckage everywhere you create, and uh, tells him when then she tells him about Isaac. Right, and he's like, this has to end. Has and to she's stop. like, it is. I'm leaving. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Don't let the dough hit you. He basically said good. He's like, go with your husband. Which, yeah. You know, that was a slight. Of course. Because he's hurt, too. I mean, he genuinely, he loves her. Mm-hmm. I can see the genuine love from him he to does. her. He does. But that he, I can see. But he also knows how she is. And she's like, ugh. And so he knows when to cut his losses. I thought that was very noble of him to be like, okay, you ain't got to tell me twice. Bye. Right. Let's talk about Lydia and Kate. But before we talk about Lydia and Kate, let's talk about our network. Our network is amazing. I mean, I don't know if you're hip to this, but you're watching, so you must know. We are so grateful to be here, and we're so grateful to have you literally have made us the ESPN of TV Talk, and we're here because of you, so we thank you for that. However you're deciding to listen to us or watch us, whether it be iTunes, whether it be YouTube, please respond, communicate. Five stars, five fingers, thumbs up, comment, just get involved. We do enjoy it. We love being here and we love the fact that you love being a part of us. So thank you so much for coming through. We will be here as much as you'll have us and we look forward to talking to you even more. Yes. Yes. Okay, so Lydia and Kate. So Lydia... I thought said something really interesting in this episode. She said she's learning to love. And we saw that with her interaction with Kate. Mm-hmm. So she Kate asks her, Am I in danger? And it almost hurt her. It did. Like you I've lost your trust. And you know, you need to trust me because I would never ever hurt you. And she's like, Well, my eyes are open to the truth. Mm-hmm. And that is basically not what I've heard. 
and Lydia thinks it's all Margaret, right? But it's also Anne and Cherry of and course, everyone. And else. Everyone, <laughs> how you've treated everyone all the time, how you treat your girls, mm-hmm. how you even treated Anne when she walks out, and you're like, if you can walk, you can work. Go make some money, like all of that. She sees how you you treat them, but at the same time, you're, she's treating Kate a little different because I think they've gone through some things together. Mm-hmm. But she also sees her as her golden ticket. Oh, yeah. Her golden goose. There's yeah. no question about it. She definitely st- still... I think that she does care about Kate quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to see that wounded look on her face when Kate kind of was like, are you going to hurt? She was like, for me? Yeah. Like, I would never. You know, but it's hard to convince someone of that when the entire town is telling them something different. Despite what you've shown them. Right? Yeah, yeah. What was interesting as well was that Lydia talked about her father mm-hmm. and how her father took her innocence. And then from there, she said the progression of men became, like, just began and went on and on her whole life. Right. Um, and then in response, she said she put that pain on everyone else. And I thought that's very insightful for her to actually realize who she is and how she is. And then we've never seen and, this before. And why she's this way. So when she did say she's trying to learn to love, I was like, oh, ever since uh, Miss May May died, uh, she's starting to look back. And I think she's also starting to look back because of all that time she spent in Bedlam, mm-hmm. thinking that this was the end. Yeah, I think that's a very, very good observation. I agree wholeheartedly. Mm-hmm. It was That's when it kind of shifted. The whole paradigm shifted when Miss May died and people were taking into question whether or not she killed her. I mean, that would be the normal assumption based on who you've been up until this moment. Mm-hmm. But the fact that she didn't kill I mean, she let her die, granted, but she didn't physically, like, kill her, make her dead. Yeah. But I think it definitely touched something in her. This, because she was her torturer and her manipulator, right? Yeah. Miss May did to her what she's done to so many other girls. And I think at her passing, it was like an opportunity for her to have some, what do you call it? Uh, like closure. Yeah, thank you. And like a, to be able to, not pontificate, this is a bigger word, but to be able to look at this woman's life and be like, I don't want to die like this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be this person. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I'm going to be like happy, happy, joy, joy, but I don't necessarily have to be the evil woman that I've been up until now. Right. Yeah. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. And. I've never seen her be this insightful or this self-aware. Yeah, I don't know what's happening. I, I don't love know what it. she's doing. But I love it. I know there's a plan and there's <laughs> an evil plan behind it. Uh, I hope not. Uh, she hasn't changed. Just like that interaction she had with Margaret, which was another thing. But let's talk about the Prince and the Marquise of Blaine mm. and that interaction with Lydia and Kate. So basically... Lydia is a snitch. She was mm. snitching all over the place today. That's she, what she, she overheard Mr. Croft saying that he wanted to take down uh, the Marquise of Blaine. She goes and tells him and includes Lucy's name mm-hmm. on her lips. And then uses goes around and flips it and says, I can control Lucy. You make sure that Kate is the only person that talks to the prince. Keep the bees that are buzzing around the prince away. I was like, this woman, like, where does she even think of these things? So she is basically blackmailing Lucy to not do anything in order for her to keep the house. And at the same time, she is in cahoots with the Marquise so that she can get him elected as governor because she thinks that she'll have him in her pocket. Right. 
What your thoughts? Um, I think that this is in true Lydia form. This is what she does: plant seeds. She kind of goes around and sees and waters and see where this is going and how can I cross pollinate this. She's the master manipulator and puppeteer. So I'm not surprised Man. at all. But um, it's kind of sad to see because I we just said she's turning a tide. This is not really. 110% of who she is anymore so I didn't think that she would I mean why don't you just leave Lucy alone is my whole thing like why are you so entrenched in getting back this home when you could create something greater and just move on but it's about power and manipulation is. right and it's not her way it's not her way at all yeah. to walk away from something so you know it's I, it's typical Lydia. I didn't expect anything else. She's always hovering and listening and then whispering and yes darling. Oh no. Like it's so so ridiculous. But you gotta I mean the majesty of it is great. I thought it was interesting how quickly Kate is learning. So Kate is learning to manipulate Mm -hmm. the prince and whisper in his ear and try to control him because she knows that he's being controlled by the Marquise. Right. But then the Marquise turns around and basically threatens her life. Basically. Uh, And then she goes to the magistrate because the magistrate and her always had a thing but I was surprised she kissed him and I was surprised he like put his arm around her and brought her into the house. Funny you should say that. I was not surprised that she kissed him, and I was not the least bit surprised that he pulled her in. Let me just explain. Her kissing him, obviously, isn't an attempt, once again, to learn what she's been taught in such a short time, which is the manipulation. Yeah. Right. So let me get you in my back pocket by betting you. She's already offered, and he declined. So for her to come again and him to respond, I'm not that surprised. I was surprised when he did decline, to be honest with you. I mean, he appears to be like an upstanding guy. He's definitely by the book, law-abiding, yada, yada, yada. But he seems like a pretty cool dude too like he's not like a ball breaker he's not gonna come mm-hmm. here and just for no reason harass you but it did surprise me the least because men are so easy while I was watching I was like oh god here we go because men you're just stupid like you don't oh, see wow. that that's such a man oh, wow. move to just be like oh you wanted to kiss me again let's go she's a known whore this man is in the law he's going after whores every day harlots excuse me so in an attempt to put them all away what are you gonna do make how you concubine are you it's not going to work. He looks crazy. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what to say to that. So I'm going to move on to Harriet okay. and Jack. Harriet and Jack. So we see them get falling in love, basically. They kiss on the street, and then he gets abducted. And he gets abducted by her old suitor that we know has uh, like a plantain with slaves on it. Right. And that he's trying to get rid of him and ship him off to get... Sold in the slave trade. I just was like, you all, you look, get him back. I don't know what you guys got to do, but you better get Jake Lively back because that can't be his future. Yeah, that was pretty sad to watch, especially when you know his fate is imminent. Well, not imminent. I take that back. But what you know they're hoping that his fate will be. It just kind of brought it all back to a realization, though, right? Like, when I watched the show, I was so caught up in the majesty of it and, like, the costumes and everything is, like, make-believe. Well, obviously, because it's a show. But that element of it, it kind of made it super real for me. Like, this could happen. It this- made it real for me in a different way. It yeah. made it real for me in that here you have an educated black man right. who is making money on his own, who's falling in love, has this little side hustle business, and has a, a game plan. He has, like, a five-year plan. Mm-hmm. And it can be snatched away by, like, ugly, racist 
that's exactly. backward thinking people. Yeah. Awful. It was awful. That's it was what, awful. That's what snapped me into reality. Like, oh, so he's come this far, but there's always going to be someone that doesn't like him for all the wrong reasons. That's exactly what I'm saying. Maybe I didn't articulate it the same way. But that, that's it. it snapped me back because it was like, this man has come so far. He's a black man in a, in a country that is not his own, and he's made a way, and he's forged through all of the, I'm sure, bigotry and racism that he had to endure, and he's doing well, and he found himself a little bay. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, he's out of here for the very thing that he was able to avoid. Mm-hmm. It broke my heart. Yeah. It broke my heart, too. And let's talk a little bit about uh, Blaine, so Marquise of Blaine and Edmund Turner, because... That's going to be, I think, an important thread in Isabella finding out that her brother is paying the guy Mm. that married her daughter and that he's a gambler. And obviously her brother knows exactly where her daughter is, but keeping her away because it's his daughter, too. He's so disgusting. He's vile. It's really bad. And everything comes out of him in like little like it trickles out. You know, that's I, I gotta give it to him. I, he might be even, mm, yeah, he might be even worse than Lydia. He definitely wears the crown of knowing how to manipulate. Like his timing is always there. You know what I mean? He knows exactly what to say, oh, just he's enough. Worse. Yeah, he's worse than Lydia because he plants seeds in a way that like have you coming to him as opposed to him coming back like you need some more water. He's coming to you. They're coming to you like we need water. We need to know more. But how do you know this? How do you? How are you in the mix like this? And that's just that he's violent towards women. <sighs> Them, so. God, he's disgusting. So Emily's being blackmailed by this new harlot, which mm. I think is funny. And I thought that <laughs> her taking the feather and it's like, I don't think I'm going to pay today. I was right. like, oh, you're about to get it. Exactly. You don't know who Emily is. Not Emily only- is on that slow burn. She's got that slow burn. Already. And she's threatening something that is now no longer even an issue. So, so look out, Missy. That's right. You got the wrong one, boo. Yeah. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, and then, last but not least, I wanted to talk about Hal's admission to Emily. Mm. So, we were kind of dancing around it, dancing around it, and She's like, well, you know, Isaac killed Charlotte. And then there was that pause. That big pregnant pause. And he basically admits without really saying it, saying it was an accident. Mm -hmm. And her face was like, this girl can't keep a secret. We already know that. (laughs) You saw her running around town with you, hoping that you're not going to kill Margaret. Right. You think that she's going to be able to hold on to this for you? Please. You don't know this woman at all. Listen, it's gonna be. It's about to be a big fat mess here. It's about what to I was. Go, damn. Yes. <laughs> what I was surprised about, though, is I thought that Margaret was actually gonna either get captured mm. or killed for real. Yeah. I didn't think that she was gonna actually leave again. I Did you? She, yeah, I saw her leaving. Mm. I, you know what? I didn't think she'd make the choice to leave. So I did see her getting like killed in the middle of the street by the magistrate or something crazy. Yeah, because here's the thing. She leaves again. How is she on the show? She comes back again? Because that, that kind of seems kind of silly to me. But Can I ask a very random question? What the hell was that boat? What, did they take that little baby boat to a big ship? Is that what... Okay, that was my thoughts. I said, they're... <laughs> they are they're... not about to go from England to America in that little baby bing dingy. What was that? Yeah, I, I wasn't sure. I was like, oh, maybe they're just towing... They're rowing <laughs> to... That's what I thought. Because like, they got big... all that stuff, and that stuff is not going to fit on that little dingy boat. So exactly. So their boat must be docked, like, further out. I hope he has, like, a ship. 
as opposed to just like a little bit bigger of a well, boat. Well, I mean, if he's selling land, we can assume that he's wealthy. wealthy. That, so that is the assumption. Let's hope that that's the case. <laughs> let's move on to some news and gossip, unless you want to cover anything else. There's so much on the show, guys. <laughs> so much. If I missed something, tell me in the comments. Yes, we'll talk please. About it. We would love to hear from you. But in the meantime. So we have talked about this. Um, as my lovely co-host reminded me about two weeks ago, but it's in the news again because it's very prominent. Um, there's a lot of imagery that was presented with everyone saying, a lot of people saying that um, Kate is the new Charlotte. That basically she's taking over that place and becoming the for lack of a better term, Queen of Greek Street. And I absolutely love one of the, um, I found an article about it and they were saying Excuse me. Despite everyone in her past begging her to stay back, she decides to return to America with her husband. I'm sorry, that's not what I wanted to read, but I do think it's. Um, great, uh, we're talking about Quigley. I, I think I'm it's not, interesting. Basically, you're saying is that she's a new queen in town, right? Mm-hmm. She's a new queen and she's a new Charlotte. We love the old Charlotte, but we see how they're grooming her to be. Even the way she dressed in her hair this episode, definitely. And yeah. I love the fact that I love the fact that she. Um, kind of passed the torch along. There was a when I say imagery, that's what I was referring to. As she's dying on the floor, Charlotte that is, she literally holds out her hand to Kate, who then takes it in a in and you think that she's like offering her solace, but in fact it looks like she's passing along the baton. Mm-hmm. Like I'm gone now, there's nobody to take my place and you seem to be of that caliber. So I like the fact that she has learned very quickly. She clearly enjoys sex, so that's not even the issue. It's really just the politics of this business and she's learning super quickly and I, I see her being the next reigning star. She's going to be able to command a lot of money. As long as she stays headstrong and doesn't trust Lydia a thousand percent, she should be good. Love it. Let's do our harlot of the week. <laughs> okay. So my harlot of the week is Nancy Birch. And mm. it's Nancy because she is long-suffering, mm. but she's always there for the entire family. She was there for Charlotte. She was there for Margaret. She's now going to be there for Lucy. She's there for everyone. And she kind of is, like, just long-suffering. So she is my harlot of the week. Beautiful. And for you? My harlot of the week, surprisingly, is Margaret Wells. Let me tell you why. I have not cared for this character since pretty much day one. I like the fact that she's... I don't know. What I don't like is the fact that she always, always, always injects herself into everything. Thinks that she's helping. Takes over. And then, like stomps through everything oh I'll fix it I'll make it work and don't worry about me and you shut up and I'll kill you like relax yourself so I was very proud of her in this episode that she's gathered up all her nonsense said please don't quit me don't divorce me I do love you I do want to be with you and I've got to get out of here to save not only myself but my family and people that could be harmed by my staying around and I thought that was very noble of her because I've not seen that in the past okay that's fair That's I didn't see it that way but I can see how how you would see it that way. Well, that's what she explained. I mean, I didn't see that way because the only reason she said that was because she was confronted by William and by Lucy. Lucy's like, you choke the air out of me. Like, I can't breathe with you. You you don't let, like, I breathe easily when you were gone. And then William, same thing. He's like, you create havoc and hurt everyone. So she, and then same thing with Nancy. Nancy's like, what makes this different than leaving before? So she had a moment to think about all the things that she does because 
All the people that she loved confronted her and told her about herself. So that's why she had her come to Jesus moment. Whatever that's, works, though, right? Whatever works. Whatever works, I, I guess. But what I did see in this episode for sure was that she brings a different dynamic to that whole group of people. No question. So it should be interesting to see what happens next. I agree. So do you I, believe that she wasn't telling the truth, that she was just saying what she thought he wanted to hear and what people had just told her? I got the, uh, the impression that she might have had like a baby epiphany. Maybe. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I'm holding out on hope. That's yeah. why she's my favorite this week. I love it. Uh, guys, we didn't get a chance to talk about Elizabeth's wedding and the boys dressing up mm. as girls, but that's in the back of my mind, too. <laughs> uh, let's do our quote of the show. Yeah, my quote this week is from, it always comes down to Lydia. Lydia, quickly, there were two of them. The first is, the truth is a complex beast. Dot, dot, dot. I've been part of that very worst. I have been part of the very worst men can do. So she understands how she's been impacted. She did have like a moment of clarity. I thought that was amazing. And she's right. I mean, truth can be super complex, especially when it comes to her. The other is goodbye, Maggie, to your freedom. I thought that was really amazing mm-hmm. that she cupped her face, that obviously Maggie they felt some. They shared a moment that was real and genuine, and she was almost in tears. and that meant a, I just I didn't I never saw that coming so yep. that was pretty awesome agreed uh, mine was this city boils with death <laughs> uh, the magistrate when he's talking about Isaac's death and how many deaths there's been because mm-hmm. that's how I feel too there's been a lot of deaths <laughs> uh, and then my other one was before you write something you must make sure it trusts you and mm. Kate saying that to the prince with all the meanings behind it that, that was fantastic double entendre double double and last but not least I wanted to do my harlot history and I'll make it quick I want to start doing a list of the top 12 harlots hoes <laughs> prostitutes ever okay and so number 12 is Calamity Jane I actually didn't know she was a prostitute nor did I yeah so it says here career choices are never easy but really have to learn to play to your strength Martha Jane Canary Burke commonly known as Calamity Jane wasn't really cut out for full time prostitution mainly because she looked like a man (laughs) and then it goes on to say that it doesn't matter back in those days a woman who was a prostitute sold herself that's all they cared about Um, but what she was known for was um Scouting and killing the Native Americans. Oh, great. And also for, um, what's it called? Scalping. Scalping. Scalping drunkards. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. Who knew? So she's our number 12 this week, and we'll go down the list, but I, never, I didn't know that she was a highlight of her own right. <laughs> Nor did I. I would never have guessed that. I thought she was just like a gangster. Which so they did I. Yeah. Meat cleavers and murders and such. There you go for your harlot history. Yeah. Guys, we are out of time. We love you. Don't sleep on harlots. It's such a good show. It is. Continue that. the conversation. You can reach me all across social media at Linda is So Girly. And my name is Kitty Kaboom. Find me at IG, Facebook, and Twitter. K-I-T-T-I-E K-A-B-O-O-M. Guys, same time next week. Bye for now. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. 
Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.